The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. So back when I first started this show, I interviewed a friend of mine who became a friend through the business. We met many years ago, and I've interviewed him many times because he is exactly what you need to hear about. It is a success story unlike most because David lost an insane amount of weight, about 160 pounds, and he kept it off for 10 years, over 10 years. And back when I met him, he was, you know, deep into his success and we became friends and I interviewed him. And, and again, he is one of the first interviews I did on this show. So if you want to go back, if you missed that one, my first interview with David Garcia, super helpful. I interviewed him for prior shows as well, different shows I had before Fitness Disrupted, because that's what I bring to you. I bring to you the science, I bring to you my experience, and I bring to you success stories, because there's no greater way to learn how to achieve something than from someone who has actually done it. Let me say that again, actually done it. Not like so many fitness people out there who were born with it when it comes to genetics or sound like they know what they're talking about, faking it to make it. And that is unacceptable in an industry where it's about health and wellness. And you can actually really hurt people if you don't know what you're doing. So a success story like David's is so valuable on so many levels. But here's the really interesting thing. David has a, an amazing blog, Keep It Up With David, and he posted recently, really recently, that he was struggling after 10 years of losing an incredible amount of weight and not only keeping it off, but becoming a competitive stair climber. So it affected him positively in so many ways, because I always talk about how it's not just about weight. Yes, it's important to lose weight and to be a, a healthy weight, but there's so much more involved. But when I read that he was struggling, I immediately contacted him and said, I need you back on the show. I need you back on the show. 
And at first I was worried he'd say no, because reading this blog post, he's not in a great place, which is exactly why I needed him to come back. Because so many of you have reached out to me. I've, I've heard this for decades. You find success and then you find your way back, falling into those old habits. And so the question commonly is, how do I find that motivation again? How do I stay on track? And that's why I did the show that there is no perfect. We're going to talk about that. But I needed to talk to David again because this is going to be so helpful for so many of you. And he, he said, when I contacted him, he said, what's the, what's the show going to be about? I want to prepare. And I said, I read your blog post. That's all you need to know. I don't want you to prepare. I want this to be an honest conversation as if he were a client of mine back in the day. And we're going to talk about it. It's going to be honest. So after 10 years of incredible success, he's struggling. And we're going to talk about how he gets back on track, how you get back on track, or how you start. It's all connected. And there is no perfect quick break when we come back my friend david garcia we'll be right back i'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for god to give you your next step and you don't know what it is yet you need god to show you your next step Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. And we are back, yes, with my friend, good friend, David Garcia. Now, I just told David I didn't want to, you know, sometimes I'll do a little pre-interview. We'll talk right before we start recording the interview. I I told him I didn't want to, and he gave me a look. (laughs) But I want this, David, to be as honest and raw. Not that it's not, right? But, like, this is is a great, it's such a great topic, and you are the perfect person to talk about it. And I said during the intro, David, I read your blog post, and I was like, instantaneous, I need to talk to him and I want to do it on the show because you're going to help so many people. We're going to talk about it and we're going to go through it, right? So before we do that, because there are definitely people who probably haven't listened to the show we did at the start and you should, I'm going to have David just give his, you know, elevator pitch, incredible story. I alluded to it in the intro, David, but tell people, you know, your success and and then we'll get to where we are now. Yeah, no problem. First of all, great to see you, Tom. I think it's been around a year. Is this true? Is this podcast a year old? You're absolutely right. You were one of the first, as I said. Yeah, exactly. That's nuts. But um, always good to see you and talk with you. I love catching up with you. And uh, and it's an an honor being back on the show. Yeah, uh, listen to that first episode. But in a nutshell, or the earlier episode, I suppose. Yes. But in a nutshell, I started in 20... 10 to lose weight. I was over 400 pounds at the time, just over 400 pounds. I worked with an amazing mentor, Richard Simmons, who uh, helped me keep accountable. And and uh, he held me accountable when I wasn't doing that for myself. And, and long story short, over about a year, I lost 150, 160 pounds. And I've kept it off, most of it off ever since. It's been a decade. And so fast forward 10 years, right, to, to today and your recent blog post, you, you've had some life changes, right? You've moved, you've done a bunch of things. I toyed with the idea of just reading it, David, but I think we'll just talk about your blog post. So the gist of it was you're struggling, right? You're, you're in a new place and you're in a new time and, and just tell people where you are right now. Yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely struggling. Um, and the blog post that Tom is referring to, that you're referring to, Tom, is at keepitupdavid.com. So you can go there and check it out for yourself. But um, that blog I've had for 10 years. I started it in September of 2010. And I have on my calendar, I marked on my calendar when my 10-year anniversary was because I thought I'd make a big deal of it on my, on my website. It's certainly a really big milestone. 10 years of, um, of sort of weight loss success and maintenance and 10 years of embracing a, a really healthy lifestyle is something that I really want to celebrate because it's been a lot of hard work and it's been a big focus of my life. And at the and then on top of that, 10 years of sharing that publicly without any sort of veils, without any sort of filters, um, and being honest about my journey, about the good times and the bad times, I think that's also worth celebrating. And so I sort of, a long time ago, I put that date on my calendar, September 13th, 2020 is the 10 year anniversary uh, of the blog and what it represents and all that it represents in my life. And as that day got closer, I realized I, I didn't really feel like celebrating. And it's, um, and I, I felt really crummy about a lot of things. And it's because over the past few months, my weight has been has been creeping upward. I feel like I've lost control over things that I had such a such a tight grip on previously and for so long. I 
feel like my momentum had slowed and reversed course and I was um and I was just sort of none of the wheels were clicking none of the wheels were turning I'm going to mix some metaphors here but things weren't clicking for me in a way that they were and it was frustrating and it was and it's difficult and so instead of putting together this celebratory rah-rah blog post I decided that I needed to be honest with myself and I needed to um, I need to pivot. I needed to make a change. I needed to make a bunch of changes, actually. And so that's what that blog post is. And we can sort of go through them one by one. I, I imagine that's what you have planned, Tom. <laughs> You're for this such a planner, dude. No, I'm not planning anything. And I'm not letting, I'm going to take you off script is my goal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, Tom, you mentioned that there have been changes in my life and I, I bought a house and I moved a couple months ago. I got a promotion at work into a, into a new team, into a new role that's been very you know, interesting and challenging and all the wonderful things that a promotion provides, but most certainly change. I think that I've been suffering, uh, suffering is the wrong word, but I've I've been challenged by our current conditions because it's been, I've been very, very race focused for the past number of years, six, seven years. And now I'm in a position where the races that I like to do, which we talked about last time, racing up stairwells and skyscrapers, they're just not happening. It's not something that can be done in a pandemic. And, um, and so that has had an impact on my on my health because I really look forward to those races. They keep me on track. They keep me in check. They keep me focused. They keep me working towards something. And I don't really have that to the point that I could a year ago or, or even in January, February of this year when I had multiple races that I that I competed in. So, um, so yeah, things have changed, and I and I haven't changed. I've struggled to change with it or to evolve with it in a way that is. Um, beneficial to my health. And now I'm in a place where I don't want to be and I need to muscle myself back into a place where I want to be again. And thank you, first of all, for sharing. Like you said, you are the rarity in so many different ways, but the ability and willingness to be so honest is is everything. Like, I almost expect you, David, to say, like, I'm not ready to talk about this or I don't want to talk about this right now. I'm not, you know, and so thank you for that. And just so you know, as someone who's been friends with you for such a long time now, when I read that post, I thought, See, it's the difference between being right in it and then, you know, being someone like a coach outside it. I was like, holy cow, 10 years. You did it for 10 years, right? So you frame it in like that you don't feel great because you're not exactly where you want to be. But I look at it like, and, and from an exercise physiology standpoint, David, you had 10 years of amazingly healthy living, right? So I have to say that to you right off the bat. And I don't, I don't know if you kind of know that, but don't kind of, you know, obviously you're not feeling it the way I feel it for you. And that's an incredible thing. So I just want to say that to you as an outsider, like you may be not exactly where you want to be. And I just did a show recently on not being perfect. Like you, you did an incredible 10 years, right? That, that's, that's a decade <laughs> of living healthy and running upstairs. So yeah, we all have. And, and by the way, you can say suffering. <laughs> you, you can be suffering, right? That's okay. I'm the last person that ever wants to admit I'm suffering as an endurance athlete. But but does that surprise you for me to say that to you? Like, it's 10 years, David, that you killed it. I appreciate that. And I and you're not the only one that's that's shared that sentiment. And I and I certainly do think that often. But it's it's uh, I know that part of my issue is mindset. And I know that part of it is um, I, I think I say in that post, you know, I, I fixate on a bad choice on one bad choice rather than the 
10 or 15 excellent choices that I make in any given day. It's, it's something that I need to work on. And I, it, it certainly doesn't hurt to hear it again. And so I appreciate you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, it's something that I'm working on. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing to me, right? Because that's the show I just did about not being perfect. And I listen, you know, we all have different struggles, but part of that show, David, was I was that person too when I was doing the natural bodybuilding, when I wanted to be perfect, when that was actually the goal of it, right? Was distilled water, not regular water, but you would have that one meal or that one, you know, candy bar, and then you would throw, I would throw the whole day away. So you go, okay, I'm going to start again tomorrow because the whole day is ruined. And what you and I both learned, because you wouldn't have been successful for 10 years, is that you don't throw the whole day away. So what you're saying is you still are struggling with that, beating yourself up for that one slip or that one bad choice. Yeah, and I and and you're right. It it it's so easy to like open those floodgates and say, okay, well, you know, I I made a, a bad decision at 4 p.m. So what the hell does the rest of the day matter? Right. And, um, and I have found myself falling and, you know, falling down that rabbit hole and just following it up with, with bad decision over bad decision. So it's, it's putting those things in practice is equally as difficult. You know, it's recognizing them as one thing, putting them into practice is another thing. And so for, for me, it's, I, I lean back to, to sort of my basics. And my basics are that I want to find something. How I got started on this to begin with 10 years ago is I want to find something that I can do better tomorrow that makes me a little bit healthier tomorrow that I'm not doing today. And I need to do that every single day. And then once that sort of becomes habit, then I can incorporate a second thing. And, um, and there's a sort of, and that's how you build momentum. It's not going to, it's not going to find you. You need to go find it. And, um, and so, in this case right now, I appreciate you saying it's, it's uh, how, how great it is that I'm sharing all this so honestly, but I didn't share it until I had figured out a plan because I don't really want to wallow in uh, misery and I don't really want to, it's not about having a pity party. I didn't want to share all this struggling without having a way out of it. And so that was important to me. Um, being honest, sharing where I'm at, and also identifying that I've identified those, you know, some things that I can do. Um, and for me, it was, I needed to do a better job of tracking my progress. And there's a couple ways that I do that. I know you're familiar with them. I, I literally have a chart on my wall that I made with graph paper and, um, and like painter's tape and a marker. And I, and I literally have a chart of my weight loss. It goes back 10 years. It's about five pages long. It stretches, you know, four feet down my wall on like five or six different pieces of graph paper. And I moved a few months ago and I never hung it up. And, you know, part of it at the beginning is just, it just slips through the cracks because I had a thousand things to unpack and, a, you know, and home improvement projects that I prioritized and stuff like that. And then a couple of weeks ago, I realized it's, it's not there and I'm, and I'm suffering because of it. I'm, I'm struggling because of it. Something I used to look at every single day. It's a visual reminder of what I've done and what I've accomplished. And, and without that visual reminder, I'm, I'm sure I'm making decisions that I might not otherwise have made. So over the weekend, that chart went up. It's now where I see it every single day. I keep a calendar. Also, I'm very old school. I'm very analog with all this stuff. I, if I can do something with a pen and paper, I'll do it over, you know, some sort of technology. But I literally have a calendar, a monthly planner where every day I write down the workout after I complete it. I want to know what I've done and it helps me plan because I don't like to repeat anything two days in a row. So um, so I finish my workout, whether it's cardio or whether it's strength training or whether it's a hike with my dog or whatever it is, I write it down. And then at the end of the month, I go through and I calculate. Um, I worked out 
25 days this month. My goal is six workouts a, a week and then one rest day. So I track all that at the end of the month. I see if I've hit that goal of, of six workouts every week. If I hit that goal of, um, or I'm sorry, I also log every mile that I accomplish, whether it's running or whether it's on a cardio machine that tracks distance, like a bike or something, or whether it's a hike with my dog. I take all those miles and I add them up and I have a running total where I have 6,500 miles sort of logged at this point over the course of six or seven years. And I hadn't, and I hadn't done that. I hadn't updated that in since May. So like things, things that were a mainstay, things that were tent poles in my own personal program that I developed over 10 years were starting to, to, um, I was starting to slack on them. And so over the weekend, again, I, I went through, I have all that data from the past four months, three months or whatever it was. And I went through and like busted out my calculator and I started crunching numbers. And, and that's the stuff that I love. And that's the, that's where like my sort of my, my nerd light shines through because I love crunching those numbers and I love creating that data and looking back and celebrating that success. And if I'm not celebrating that success, then, um, then I'm not inspired to keep going. And I think that I saw the results of that lack of inspiration because I wasn't making the best choices that I could. And then completely coincidentally at my, my company started a 30 days of wellness challenge. And, and basically there's, we're those of us that are participating are challenged every day to do something. Sometimes it's food-based or movement-based or mindset-based. Every day there's a challenge and you earn points by completing them and it's a contest. And the very, and the day one, Day one of 30 Days of Wellness, the challenge was to set goals. And there were three goals that I had to set. One to be accomplished within 30 days, one to be accomplished within six months, and one to be accomplished within one year. And I realized at that moment that it's been a, it's been a while, years, since I've had a health or fitness-related goal, apart from the general goal of being as healthy as I can and keeping the weight off, which is actually certainly a big enough goal as it is, but it's not something that necessarily drives you to take individual, specific, timely realistic actions on a daily basis. So now I have three goals that I'm working towards. Uh, and in the first 30 days, which I'm now 15 days in, I wanted to accomplish five stair workouts because I haven't been on stairs since February. And with the lack of races, I've sort of let training on them slide. And, and regardless of whether or not I have a stair race coming up, stairs are such an incredible way to exercise with so many health benefits. And so I wanted to get back into that. So I have two of my five under my belt. The third workout this month on stairs is going to happen in about an hour and a half when I when I uh, make it to the gym. Um, that one will be on a stairmaster. The first two, I I went to my local high school and they have uh, you know a high school football stadium with good sized bleachers with aisles that have forty steps. A couple aisles have fifty two. So I. My first two workouts towards that goal were was there on those on those um, on those bleachers, and so I have my thirty day goal. My my six month goal is to get back into racing. It's a lot harder now. There are fewer races. I'm going to have to lean on five k's and ten k's, which I've done plenty of in my life. I don't um, I don't I prefer stair races, but that's sort of less of an option. So finding 5Ks and 10Ks, I want to sign up for uh, five in the next six months. I don't need to complete all five in the next six months. And that's simply because winter is coming and that there may be less options for actual races. You know, So I, if I sign up for them, even if they happen in the spring, having them on the calendar is the point because then I stay focused and I'm, I'm working towards something. Then I am mindful of my PRs and how I'm training and all those things that have benefits to my health 
uh, above and beyond just the workout. So um, that's my six month goal is to is to find and sign up for races. And then my year long goal is to drop fifty pounds. And it's pounds that have that have crept on not just in the past few months, but over the past couple of years, where I may not have focused on ten pounds over the course of one year or two years that I've gained. But that's what happens over you know as time passes. So it's more or less a reset. So that goal is certainly number based. It's fifty pounds in one year, but the idea behind it is this goal is going to get me involved in the stuff that I was doing in year one when I lost the weight initially that I may have slacked on or that I may have that I may not be doing as diligently as before this goal will help me incorporate so many of the other smaller daily weekly monthly things that I think I need to um, sort of ramp back up on sounds like you got to figure it out David <laughs> you know I you mean- know it's the the planning as you know pl- like planning is one thing intention is one thing and executing is another so you know, so far so good. Uh, it's it's early on. I'll tell you, I haven't weighed myself. I'm um, I'm afraid to do it at this point. I will. Uh, I want to. Um, I want to sort of feel more comfortable that I'm on the right track, not from a scale perspective, but uh, like how I'm feeling and how I'm and how I'm embracing these habits that I want to set. And once I feel like I'm more involved in this process and once it feels more routine and um, part of my life again, then I'm going to step on that scale and I want to use that number to motivate those habits to um, to grow even more. I'm afraid that if I step on that scale too early, it's, it's going to be paralyzing to, and it's going to have an adverse effect. And so the scale will come... Um, I need, I just, it's not the right time. And I think that's actually pretty, pretty important to me because I know, um, unfortunately, the effects that some things have on my mindset and my mental health. And I want to set myself up for success. And that's something that I recognize that I can do in the very, very, very short term, stay away from the scale. On the longer term, it's going to be instrumental to measuring that third goal of 50 pounds in a year. But in the beginning, I just need to stay away for a little bit longer. And see, I love that you know that, David, because, you know, so much of what I talk about here is, you know, I look at the science and the research, right? And and that was always a tough one for me or a tricky one was the weighing every day. And you look at the research and people who weigh themselves more frequently, obviously, are more consistent at keeping weight off. But I love that you know that that comes with certain caveats, right? That for you, that's so helpful. There's so many people. It's like, it's not the right time, even though, you know, you're going to you could you could argue that you're setting the bar higher or lower, whichever way you want to look at it, but you know what works for you. And what's so interesting to have this conversation with you, this is the first time we've been here. And so you've been successful. You have coping strategies that you know work, that you just outlined, one so specific to you. And that's why it's so helpful to others who are going to hear this, listen to this, and hear your approach. And, you know, there was so much you just went through. I love, you know, if people listen to the first show we did, you know, the way you achieved success was everything I believe in, right? The small steps and, and, and measuring. And you just said, like, you're all about the number of workouts per month. And, and I love that. It's consistency, right? It's not how many calories you burned. It's not, it, it's this just consistency and frequency. And then you talked about, you know, you're going to do five or six stair workouts. It's consistency and frequency. It's, it's, you know, keeping it simple and doing what works for you. But it's so interesting to hear, you know, I think deep down, I know deep down, you're at a different place because when you started this journey, 
you didn't have the success that you've had now. So you know you can do it, right? And you know what works for you. And you're going to do that on your own terms, in your own way, at your own pace. And it's so helpful to so many people. How do you feel mentally now? I feel like I'm embarking down the right path. And it's funny that the, the things that I was afraid of 10 years ago are still the same things that I'm afraid of now. Can you talk about those things? Yeah, I can. Uh, I'm afraid of failing. And it's, it's something that I struggle with in many parts of my life above and beyond my health and fitness. It's, I recognize that I set an extraordinarily high bar for myself. And I approach things with, if it's not gold, it's a fail. And I try to embrace the like, you know, that that mindset of don't let perfect get in the way of good. And there are times where I'm better at that than others, but it's something that I have to keep focused on because it doesn't come naturally to me. And so, um, and so I think about how crummy I felt so many times in the past few weeks and a few months leading up to this sort of moment, uh, this epiphany of I need to do something different. I need to make some changes. And I think about how if these changes don't work or if I don't execute the way that I want to execute, I'm afraid that I'm going to feel even worse and the ramifications will be even worse and that there will be this sort of snowball effect that I, that I can't, uh, that I can't pull myself out of. So, um, you know, that's the sort of stuff that, that makes me not want to get out of bed, you know, every once in a while. Sure. Uh, I worry about, um, you know, I, I sort of think of about, uh, in regards to my mental health, I, I, I think about, I feel like I'm sort of in this hole and I feel like uh, there are some times where I just keep shoveling, shoveling my way out. But if you've ever fucking been in a hole, you can't shovel your way out. You just make the hole bigger. And, uh, and so I worry that I'm that as put together as I may have sounded in the past 10 or 15 minutes, I feel like ultimately I'm ill-equipped and I feel like ultimately uh, I don't have the willpower or I don't have the strength or I don't have the strategy or I don't have the perseverance to reach those goals that I outlined. And when that happens, I, I know that I just need to take a step back and not think about the hole and not think about the shovel and just think about the two things that I'm going to do that day, the three things that I'm going to do tomorrow that will continue to set me up for success. And I need to sort of disregard the big picture and focus on the now and focus on the moment. And um, that's hard. Sure. It, it can be hard. It's, uh, I don't know if when, when some things aren't going right, it's, it's easy for me to extrapolate and come up with stories and tell myself and come up with versions of my life where everything is failing, even though it's not, even though all signs point to, uh, as you've acknowledged in this conversation, so many signs have pointed to, I've had a lot of success. I know how to do things. I know how to operate. I know how to move forward in my life in a way that benefits me. And yet when things don't seem to be going my way, all of that is like just lost in the ether because what's not going right is so powerful to me and so um, present and so uh, in the moment right now that it makes things challenging. Sure. And it's okay to say that, right? I mean, uh, uh, the way you took out the word suffering, that, that that's okay. Like, 
just the pandemic alone, David, I mean, the number of things that's why I brought up that you moved, you, there's so many different factors and there is no perfect. And, you know, you know, all this, one of the problems with speaking with you is you're too smart. Like, you know, you know, all this stuff and you know what to say. Like, you're the guy, a psychologist goes, I got a problem with this guy. But I can only say from an outsider's perspective, like how proud I am of you 10 years and knowing things like the incredible benefit you gave yourself health wise and psychologically over 10 years. Right. So I know it's it just sounds it's you know all that I'm going to say to you, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) I'm just going to say that. Right. Is that we all have these months. And, you know, that's what I love about endurance racing, David, is everyone suffering in an Ironman in our own way. Right. And, and I love that you even said, and this is how unique you are, that you weren't even going to put that blog post up till you kind of had things ready to go, right? Till you had your plan. But you're discounting your honesty regardless, because it, it's so helpful to so many people to hear what you just said. And, you know, the difference, again, I would argue, is 10 years of success and coping strategies that have worked, right? You're not starting at the start line. You know, people always say to me, oh, I've read this article that says if I stop exercising, it's as if I never started. To begin with, I go, that is complete BS, right? And we all go through those times. And, you know, I got my deep, dark moments and I just run a lot farther, David. And, you know, um, I I just want to reinforce that to you. And this is exactly why I knew I had to reach out to you and and know how powerful this is going to be for so many people. I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to be successful. Right. I have no doubt. But I think you just and you know that you just have to be easier on yourself. You know, you got to go easier on yourself that, as you said perfectly, that, you know, you get so down when those moments happen. And, and that's everybody. Right. But what you've proven is that you can do it for 10 years and that, you know, three, four, five months, six months. It's, it's not going to be the be all end all. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, it's. It's one of those things that I honestly won't won't tire of hearing, and that maybe that sounds narcissistic to be like, "Oh yeah, keep keep telling me how awesome I am." But it's one of those things that I definitely that I definitely um, it's not that I forget, but it's something that I. Um, no, everyone needs to hear it, David. Everyone needs yeah. to hear it over and over. And you know, I, I know a lot of times it just sounds like. Yeah, but you don't get it, right? You don't get where I am now. I, I totally do. Uh, and, you know, exercise has literally gotten me out of those dark moments. Like, that's what I use. That's that's what it is for me. And, you know, one day I'll, I'll put that story out. But in a different way, I know where you are, right? So, yeah. um, and, and a difference, too, between now and, you know, today and 10 years ago is you don't have me watching you. <laughs> so uh, I am going to be reaching out to you and making sure and helping. And that's a different thing, too, is that, that you know, it's just social support. We all need that, right? We all need to reach out and say, hey, I can't do it. I don't want to do it all on my own. I want to hear that. And it's okay. And you should hear it because you earned it, David. You earned it. And you have the, the strategies now, even though I know a lot of times we go, I've been there where you go, I don't care how much I've done. This sucks right now, right? So uh, what do you think going forward? I mean, you have so many plans in place. And and I think a huge part of it for you too, David, is the no racing. The no racing. And and maybe you find a different version of that. I'm getting ready to run across the Grand Canyon and back, David. I'm not trained, but I need that for my head, right? I need that. You go, because there's no Ironmans, there's no marathons. And I know if I don't go do something really stupid, because I was suffering with the the workouts too. We all do. 
but but you beat yourself up a little bit more recently and you got to give yourself all that kind of leeway to say i moved there's a pandemic i'm not racing okay things aren't going to be perfect for a little while yeah yeah i um like you i use exercise to pull myself out it, it feels so good to be active and it feels so good to do things that um that i know i can do or that sometimes still to this day surprise me i hadn't been on stairs for seven months and I went to the high school. I went to that football, those bleachers and I had, and I, and I had no expectations. I was like, I'm just going to see how this goes. It's been seven months. Like I'm a little rusty. We'll see what I accomplish. And I banged out 48 climbs of aisles of different heights and I totaled 1,792 steps. And I took the time to, to add that up. I took the time to track all that. And I left there and I thought, holy shit, like it's, I'm in shape. I'm, I, I'm not starting from the start line. As you just said, I have a base level of fitness that's, um, that's pretty remarkable. And, uh, and I cried, I sat in the car and I, and I cried a little bit after that workout because I was expecting nothing. Maybe that was a mistake. Maybe I should have given myself a little more credit going in and, and acknowledged, um, and acknowledged that I, that I am, that I can be a, a beast when it comes to this sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, and it served as a good reminder that I've just slipped a little. Um, and I need to embrace that more because that's, you know, you're right. That is all it is. And it's never what I think. It's never what my mind goes to. My mind goes to, uh, I'm, I'm perpetually one week away from being 400 pounds and, and immobile and inactive and completely sedentary. And that's not the case at all. But I beat myself up because that's what I assume and that's what I think. And I ha- so when I have these moments of, um, when I have these moments of, oh, what did I just do in the last fifty minutes or fifty-five minutes or however long it was at that bleachers? I did a lot, and I did something that a lot of people would never even attempt or even have the desire or the wherewithal to think that they could climb nearly 1,800 steps in 50 minutes and go down 1,800 steps. That was the worst part is going down all those bleachers. <laughs> People don't realize that, right? The... <laughs> going down steps sucks. Going yeah. up steps is awesome from a health, from a health benefit. Right. But who would have thought gotta... that, David, right? I mean, when right. you first started, did you have any concept? No. No, not at all. <laughs> Where are we six months from now? Where are we six months from now? Let's see. It's, uh, it's October or, yeah, it's October. So November, December, April. April is six months. It's going to be spring. I'll, I will be doing those races that I will have been signing up for. I will have definitely a couple under my belt already, probably more than a couple. One of my favorite races that I've ever done is in Illinois in two weeks. And it's a race through a corn maze, a 5K through a corn maze. And I freaking love mazes. That's my, one of my other hobbies is drawing them. And so to run through a corn maze for 3.1 miles is like my dream morning. So they're actually doing it live again this year with uh, all sorts of really smart socially distant safety measures in place where there's going to be one person entering the maze, starting the race like every 30 seconds, I think. And it's all scheduled out. Everything is sent in advance. So you don't need to interact with anyone. You can show up, you know, I'll know, I don't have my time yet, but I'll know that I'll be starting at, you know, exactly 9.38 in 30 seconds or whatever it is. So I can show up, warm up, stretch, and just start running when I need to. And so I'm excited about that. And I'm going to be doing another virtual run at some point in October. 
I think I have the ability to do it at my own convenience, which is how all virtual races happen. You commit to running a 5K or a 10K and perhaps submitting your time and paying the registration fee and you know, you get you get your swag bag in the mail, <laughs> right? Um, and all that stuff. But uh, so I'll probably do that. I'll probably, you know, I'm not going to do it the same weekend as the Corn Maze 5K. I'll probably do that a weekend or two after. So I have a couple things that I've already put on my calendar that I've committed to. So that will help me sort of build that momentum of racing. I hope to be well on my way in six months to those 50 pounds uh, lost, which was one of my goals. I hope to continue. You know, the the stair workout goal was a 30-day goal, but I hope to continue um, doing that, you know, moving forward. I think that I'll, might not, the cadence may have to change because of winter and because of snow and ice on steps, which makes them extraordinarily dangerous. Um, and I don't know if I have an indoor stair option this winter. Uh, with pandemic in Michigan. So, you know, that's an opportunity to continue to adjust and evolve. And there's always stair, you know, step mills at the gym. Uh, that's what I'll be using tonight. And I can continue to use those. It's not the same as racing up actual stairs, but it engages all the muscles and it gets your heart rate up and you get a lot of the same benefits. In six months, hopefully I will be on my way to, I will have accomplished the first two goals the, to do the stairs and to register for races and potentially race in a couple of them already. And I'll be well on my way to the third. And hopefully this process will have opened my eyes to additional goals that I may not even be aware of right now, but that I will embrace and uh, continue to work towards. That's awesome. You know, uh, and, and finishing up with that, you know, we talked about last time how who would have thought you would be running upstairs 10 years later and who knows what you'll be doing 10 years from now. And I guarantee you it will be something that neither you nor I, you know, would ever have thought. Right. So let's just end with this, David. So what would what advice would you give? So people are listening and you I don't think you realize, especially what you're uh, keep it up. David has a million views, over a million views already. Right. And the, that's insane. 1.2 so, million. 1.2 million, David. So I, I'm just going to, you know, pat you on the back a couple more times and just say, you know, you are not that person that you were 10 years ago and, you know, you are influencing people in ways you do not know. And, you know, I hope you realize that. I think you do. I know you do. And here's another opportunity for you to do that again and in such a powerful way, which is why I had to talk to you again. And I know you'll be successful. You've already proven it. Right. And I'm going to keep giving you those, you know, pats on the back because we all need them. And, you know, especially when, you know, we go through these times that we all go through. So what would you give that advice to someone who, who was you 10 years ago? What advice would you give that person today who's starting out, who says, I don't even think I can do what David did to start with? The advice that I would give someone starting off right now is figure out those things that you can do that are that you can incorporate into your life and your daily routine and your schedule, because those are the things that you're going to stick to. If you you know, go and, and read an article or buy a book or look at a website that has some outrageous plan that requires you to work out outdoors, you know, 340 days a year and you live in the North where there's winter and there's rain and there's snow and there's all these things that will make that prohibitive. That's not the plan for you. So you need to figure out what you can do that's, that's uh, right for you. And you need to start small. And it's something that I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks and months. And it's, again, and it's something that people can do on their own. So it's, hey, if you live in a, if you live in an apartment building on the second or the third floor, what is it going to take to avoid that elevator? Maybe you can't avoid it all every time because you're bringing in groceries or, you know, or have a 
stroller, a baby stroller that you need to get down to the sidewalk. But maybe every day you take those stairs, you, you, you start by eliminating one elevator and you take those stairs instead. Um, or, you know, and then once after a week or two of doing those stairs once, maybe you do them twice. Maybe you find a way to incorporate one or two additional servings of fruits and vegetables into your diet if that's not something that you naturally lean towards in your current routine. And what does that look like? What does it look like to replace a snack with carrot sticks or to replace uh, um, a beer with water? Or, you know, you need like, you can turn to books and podcasts like this one and websites and articles and all that stuff for all sorts of great ideas and great resources, but you need to be able to adapt them and figure out what's going to work for you and take a look at what your patterns are and what your routine is and what's gotten you to where you are right now, and then figure out how to make slight incremental changes to those and then stick to them. Don't do everything at once. You're not going to be successful if you're like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start some drastic program. Like people have success with keto and paleo and some of the more restrictive diets, but they ease themselves into it. And, and I'm not saying that those diets are good or bad for you. Tom, you may have other opinions. Sure. I'm not an expert. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I don't have the education that you have. But if you wake up one day and you're like, okay, I'm going to cut out all refined sugars and all glucose and all everything and no carbs whatsoever, then you're going to you know, make it maybe a day before you're tucking into a giant bowl of pasta because that's not what your body is used to. That's not what your body can handle, that abrupt of a change. So you need to, instead of cutting out all carbs, like cut out one snack, cut out um, one soda, cut out one, uh, you know, take a sandwich and make it into a salad. And then cut out that bread one, you know, for one meal a day. So it's things like that, you know, use the resources that you have available, use the ideas that you're getting from the people around you and the, um, and that are available, you know, in, in books and online and all that. But like, most importantly, take a look at what you're doing and what you can change and identify those changes and make them and then stick to it and build from there. Thank you. It's so helpful, David, for so many people. And, you know, your message of small steps and not doing it all at once is, you know, one reason we connected so quickly and one reason you were so successful. And I just want to thank you again. This is not easy. And and you, you know, are phenomenal. And I, I feel so fortunate, as I say, every time we speak to to know you. And I know that you're going to help so many people with this show as well. And I, I want you to go listen to the first show I did with David. I want you to go to his site. Keep it up, David. Did I say that? right? <laughs> yeah. Keep it up, David.com. <laughs> that's right. And, I'm, uh, yeah. That's that's my handle on all this on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So keep it up, David. That's all you need to remember. Ada.com or search it in, on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. You'll find me. David, I just want you one final time to, I know it's hard like to look back, but 10 years of just awesomeness of doing incredible things psychologically and physically for yourself, you're going to, you're going to do it again. You know, you're going to do it again. And this show is all about allowing ourselves to not be perfect. Right. And, and to know that none of us are, and there, we all go through those dark parts. And what I learned through my racing is you just get through them. You go slowly, you don't beat yourself up and You've gotten through them all. I've gotten through them all. We've got 100% success rate, right, as they say, David, and, and being successful and getting through. And so thank you for, for sharing. And uh, I look forward to seeing you take it that next level because you did the toughest part. And now, yes, it's tough, I would argue. And I, I know that I'm you know, not going through exactly what you're going through, but I can't wait to see you on the other side of this. 
and you're going to be that much stronger. And we're going to have another conversation in six months and, and we're going to have the success story from there. So thank you because your story is, is going to be so powerful so, for so many people. There's no perfect Instagram world, right? We think there is. Everyone looks perfect. And we're all like, you know, a mess on the inside uh, every now and again. So, so thank you. What's the workout for today? Where are you off to? Uh, Stairmaster. Uh, this is the first time going to this particular gym in a pandemic. So I don't know if there's going to be my plan is Stairmaster. If there are limits to it time-wise or lines for it or whatever, then I may need to adapt. But it's, it's a cardio day and I would like to do stairs. Awesome. We'll have fun and so great catching up. And, and just thank you again for sharing. Thank you for having me, Tom. And thank you in general for highlighting stories like this, because I think a lot of people um, with a platform like this would focus solely on the successes and, um, and the inspiration for people looking back afterward. And so it means a lot to me that you're willing to spend the time to talk to someone who's still in the midst of it, who's, who's come a long way, but is still in the midst of it. Because I think that you're right. People need to hear those stories. These are the stories that I am most interested in when I'm looking for inspiration. I don't care about the winner of the marathon. I want to hear about the people that did it for the first time, that, are, that overcame something to get there, that are pushing through something that I haven't experienced before, but have come through on the other side stronger because of it. So I appreciate you allotting the time that you've allotted and spent with me. To, to talk about this. Uh, thanks is all from me to you. So thank you. And uh, I look forward to catching up. Go do that workout and uh, we will talk again soon. All right. I can't wait. Look all forward right. to it. So great catching up. David Garcia, we will be right back after this short break. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. And we are back. I just want to thank David Garcia one final time. These shows with guys like David Garcia, and there aren't many, uh, I hope are so helpful. I, I kind of am, it's a tough show to do. It's a tough show to do because I know how much David has accomplished and, you know, we all struggle. And even the perfect person or the one you think isn't struggling, everybody is struggling. And, you know, we all need to hear that we've done good things. And David, for 10 years, you know, lost an incredible amount of weight, kept it off and competed. And he's going through a rough patch. And we all do. And his honesty is so refreshing and tough to listen to. But I know he's going to come out of it the other side. And I know he's going to be stronger. I, I talk about my races every race I do. I know at the finish line, I'm a different person. And my most the special races are not the ones I went the fastest or did the best in. They're the ones with the biggest challenge. And, you know, I would argue David has been so successful, you know, that can be an issue. He's gotten through so many challenges and I know he's going he's gonna to come out even stronger. And I look forward to speaking with him again in six months. But I knew that I had to bring the show to you right away. Because again, we are in crazy times, crazier than normal. And a lot of people are suffering and a lot of people have fallen off their fitness and nutrition plans. And a lot of people are beating themselves up. Many of you who are listening, many of you who reached out. And listen, I'm not, this has been, it's tough for everybody. And we're all suffering in different ways. But we control what we can. And that's why I asked David to give his advice at the end. And that's why I end every show the same way. No matter how tough the situation is, no matter what's going on, we all control three things. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our attitudes. And as David just illustrated, the attitude is so crucial. Because the attitude, our beliefs, our self-talk, either helps that movement and that eating, or it goes against us. So that's why I do the shows on the psychology. That's why I talk about self-efficacy. That's why we talk about that internal monologue we all have. And that's why we take small steps. And that's why I do this show, because when you go on fad diets, when you go on bad exercise programs that are flawed from the start, that doesn't help you at all. And so small steps and give yourself room to not be perfect. If you were successful before, you will be successful again. You have the tools. You have the coping strategies. It may take a little time, and it often does but you will get through it. Just keep moving forward. 
Thank you for listening. Please rate the show if you have not yet already done so. Please subscribe to the show. And if you need to reach out, questions, comments, Tom H. Fit is my Twitter as well as my Instagram, Tom H. Fit. Again, check out David. Keep it up, David.com for everything, his blog post, his social media. Keep it up, David. It's David Garcia. And thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. That was some honest, honest talk. And thank you for listening. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care and we'll see you there.